Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Well, our theme for 2021 is The Table. And our sermon series for January is called Reset the Table. Okay? And uh, there's so much value and power at the table. It's uh, a place where we come together for community, for communication, and a common cause. Some of the greatest events in history began at the table. And Jesus, he accomplished so much and some of his greatest works at the table, especially when it came to uh, the origin of communion, which is also known as the Lord's table. In case you don't know, Jesus was the one who began the tradition of communion. He instructed his followers to use bread and wine to remember the sacrifice he was going to make when he died upon the cross for our sins. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 to 26, the Apostle Paul writes, he said, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. That was symbolic of his own body being broken. This is my body, which is for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember what I have done for you and why I had to die upon the cross. In the same way, uh, also he took the cup uh, after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, what you're proclaiming is not just the Lord's death, but his second coming. Okay? So this is a really powerful thing. I really don't believe that communion by itself as a religious ritual will save anyone if it's not done with the revelation of why we're actually doing it. Okay? Because remember, he held up the bread, a whole piece of bread. And before the disciples, he broke it, again, symbolizing his broken body. Okay? And um, so I just want to share just a few keys today. Uh, Number one, the Lord's table encourages us to look within. So this is like a teaching I trust and I hope will stay with you for the rest of your Christian life. Okay, so again, number one, the Lord's table, it encourages us to look, number one, to look within. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 28 says, but let a man examine himself or let a woman examine herself and let them eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So number one, coming to the Lord's table and whenever we have communion here, it's number one, it's like, okay, it's a reminder, not just about what Jesus has done for me, but it's a reminder for me to examine myself. And if you want to grow in 2021, and I know that you all do, I'm in a room of of people who, where every single one of you, you want to grow. You don't want to stay the same. You want to move forward. You want to progress. Well, the way that you're going to be able to do that and overcome all that comes your way is to be a people who spend more time examining ourselves than we spend examining others. 
Let's spend far more time examining ourselves, not in a negative or critiquing sort of a way that, you know, just points out all of our failures, but let's examine the one in the mirror, number one, and get our hearts right. And I just know that when we get our hearts right, when we get our hearts in alignment with God's words, we get life right. So many people are trying to get life right, get life in order, get all the externals in order. Let me tell you something, that's going to be a struggle for you and I for the rest of our days, if that's the focus, because there's always going to be something that's not right. You see, one of the characteristics of the table, apart from food and choice beverages, is what? It's conversation. I said earlier that the table has so much power as it brings people together in community, in, in conversation, and for a common cause. And one of the attributes of every table, go to any cafe, any restaurant, and it's conversation. But what kinds of conversations are we having at the table? Because one of the conversations that can go on from time to time in everyone's life is the conversation of gossip. And I want to talk about gossip for a few moments. You know, gossip is one of Satan's fiery arrows that he fires at us, where he also entices us to shoot the same arrows at others. You know, God's words are strong. You know, there's nothing wimpy. There's nothing soft about Jesus. There's nothing soft about God's Word. Anyone who can live perfectly according to the Ten Commandments like Jesus did, pick up a, a heavy wooden cross like Jesus was a carpenter. You understand what I'm saying? He was no wuss. He was not this, you know, <laughs> necessarily this super handsome, striking, electric, blue-eyed, solitary sort of guy um, that we see in the media today and in various uh, artworks. No, no, he was tough, man. He was rough. He was strong. He overcame. He carried a heavy wooden cross as he was gasping for his last breath. And God's words are strong. In James chapter 3, verse 6, when he tells us about the origin of the sins or the root cause of the tongue and of gossip, in James chapter 3, verse 6, it says, The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, which is set on fire by hell itself. You know, those who like lose it with their tongues, with gossip, we need to understand that that, that kind of gossip, that kind of talk is set on on fire by hell itself. The flames of hell ignite gossip. For some reason, people are attracted to gossip. They're attracted to putting someone else down. And it's not fitting for those who profess to love Jesus. If you're someone who professes to love Jesus, if I said to you, hey, do you love the Lord? Well, yeah, I love God. I love Him. Well, if you love Him, then you love His commandments. And if you love His commandments, then you love people. And Jesus, God, never speaks a negative word about you. And who knows more about us than God? He sees even the hidden evil desires that we're not aware of, yet He always lovingly calls us to Himself. 
hey, listen, I'm not concerned with anyone having issues because I've got issues, right? We've all got issues. And if you're not someone who thinks you've got an issue, that is a very serious issue. If you don't think you've got an issue. So when you look around the room, for me, it's not about anything except what's going on in the heart. It's not about the color of our skin. It's not about our history. It's about our destiny. It's about people wanting to humbly move forward and making it about the right kind of thing, which is love. God's kind of love. The flames of hell, they ignite gossip. Satan is behind all gossip, either directly or indirectly. And when we listen to gossip, you know, what is gossip? Gossip is actually taking a half-truth. Gossip is, you know, where you see something and you're not sure about it, so you begin to cast suspicion amongst others based on your own insecurity. You know, I just know people who gossip are very small-hearted, small-minded people. Their hearts are very small. Their minds, their character is very small. But people with a big character, who are strong in their mind, strong in their heart, they won't accept gossip. They cannot stomach it. And so it's really quite interesting. I don't have anyone coming to me to gossip. I wonder why that is. It's not because I'm the pastor, because there are plenty of pastors who like to gossip. Just, just saying. It's just a fact, okay? I don't, it's just a fact. Pastors are human, and uh, we all ha can have that issue. No one comes to me for gossip because they don't take it. They know I won't stand for it. I'm not going to let anyone talk about you, whether you're old or new, whether you've just walked in the door, even for the first time today. No one can gossip to me about you. I will not permit it because it's scriptural. Because I love Jesus, I want to please him. And I know that you do too. But one of the antidotes for gossip is found in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. And it says, He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates friends. You see, we can't defeat or overcome the demons we enjoy sitting with. A demon, in case you don't know, because they exist, a demon is a supernatural invisible being who manifests at times in the uh, likeness of human flesh. They are fallen rebellious angels who focus on rebelling against God's word and getting you to do the same. Demons are also committed to destroying everything that God intended for good. Family, marriage, sex. Sex is a God-ordained thing. Sex is good in the right spaces and in the right places. Do you understand what I'm saying? And But the devil wants to destroy everything that God intended for good, including the church. And uh, of course, he is also committed to destroying the human soul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21, because we're coming around the table of the Lord today, you see, everything is heading towards communion today. I'm building it all up to a pinnacle, taking you on a journey. And, and it, Paul said, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. It was Socrates who said, let he who would move the world first move himself. You want to move the world? Get moving. There's no, no blessing in laziness. There's no blessing in slothfulness. Get up off the couch. My girls, my daughters, Anna and Holly, they always laugh when I say, come on, Jesus rose from the dead. At least get out of bed. 
You know what I'm saying? Jesus rose from the dead. At least get out of bed and do something. So point number one, the Lord's table encourages us to look within. Point number two, the Lord's table encourages us to look back. It's like, what? Look back? What do you mean look back? Aren't we moving forward? Well, let me read to you the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20. And Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant. Sorry, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The key word that I want to highlight here today is the word remember. Remembrance. Do this in remembrance. That's where we look back to remember what he has done. You know, I have this little, I just, I just appreciate when people want to grow in the things of God and they want to learn more about God's word. That's powerful. That's great. But just make sure that what you're reading, what you're looking at, what you're listening to is causing you to become more like Christ, where it's causing you to become more engaged with community and not isolated from community. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is to go into all the world, okay? And our role as a church is to do whatever we can to equip, encourage, and empower you. That's our mission statement, right? To go and transform community and culture. It's really cool. I just want to give a bit of a shout out to all my brothers and sisters on the back row there. And just give them a warm welcome, would you please? I know that many of you have not met them yet, but uh, I got to say that I'm absolutely stoked uh, to have met, uh, you know, some of them last week and again today. I think it's great. You know why? Because they have a world that I'm not a part of. As I'm a part of a world that they're not a part of. But if I can, you know, inspire them to reach their world for Jesus Christ and whatever else, what a powerful thing. And, and so this is, you know, got to make sure that our doctrine that what we're learning about the Bible is causing us to become more like Jesus, more loving, more serving, more committed, more humble. If it's not, get a new doctrine, get a new teacher, start listening or watching something different that is going to inspire you to want to stand up and stand out and walk out your front door and go to your neighbor. That's the message. The good news is you don't have to go and love the world like Jesus did. Because I don't have that capacity. You don't have that capacity. But we, all, we are all called to go and love our neighbor. That's where it's got to start. Point number three today. The Lord's table encourages us to look ahead. In a few moments time, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to confess why I'm a loser <laughs> and why I'm happy to be so. I'm going to talk about why I'm a loser and why I'm happy to be so. In fact, I want to be a loser for the rest of my days. And uh, yes, it's a little pun on words, but more in a few moments. So the Lord's table, it encourages us to look ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing. Another version says proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. He's coming again. The Lord's table encourages us to look ahead. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and it says, uh, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up 
fellowshipping, meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ approaching. So I want to say, I want to give like a bit of a hard call out to all of those who are a bit too comfortable in bed today. Get up, get to church. Because let me tell you, there's a, a number of people around the world who can't do that. And if you're the kind of person who says, oh gosh, I wish there was another lockdown for about three or six months because that would just do me fine. I want to say kindly and sort of in a way to, to rebuke you, but shame on you. Because that's not the message. While we have opportunity, let us stir up one another to love and to good works. You know, I think my wife is the best person that I know at stirring up others. She texts and calls a lot of people. I'll get home and she'll begin to run through a list of those who she's texted, who she's called, and these are the responses, right? And uh, let me just say something to you. You might think that she does that because she is Pastor Trina. For our new members of the congregation, we say Pastor, because that's how the Filipinos say it. <laughs> Aussies say Pastor. I was at the checkout at Woolies one day trying to engage with the guy behind the, the, count, the, the checkout there. Hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. What do you do? I'm trying to engage. He said, what do you do? He, he asked me. I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, what, like a chef? <laughs> I, I, laugh, I lost it. I thought, no, but that's the best response I've ever heard. Um, so we, say, we like to say pastor. So you might think that she does that because she's a pastor. Uh-uh, she does it because she's a Christian. And she's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ according to God's Word, because she has laid hold of Hebrews chapter 24, verses uh, and 25. So, as we come near now to partaking around the table of the Lord, I want to ask you a question. We're going to go like a little bit deeper now. So from the front to the back, left to the right, we're going to go a little bit deeper. Those online, God bless you. I want to ask you a question. Are you feeling empty? Now, if you're not, that's great. God bless you. Take what God has given you and be an overflow in someone's life. But if you're feeling empty, I want to say that is okay. And if you, if you feel empty at some point throughout 2021, don't worry. If you feel empty and you don't know why, don't worry. It's okay. Because God specializes in filling empty. He specializes in filling empty. In actual fact, that's how God would have us. He wants us to be empty of ourselves so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Kings chapter uh, 4, verse 3, Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't just ask for a few. The command here from the prophet Elisha was to go and ask for empty jars. Jars, not jars that are half full, not jars that are 25% full of themselves or three quarters full of themselves. No, no, he said, ask for empty jars. And the question is, as we begin to now prepare, and I would just ask those who are handing out the elements, the communion elements, and I just want to say everyone is uh, welcome to partake of the communion elements today, providing that you do it by faith. And I want to encourage those online to begin to prepare their elements. 
The, the question is, are you empty enough? Now just tune in that little bit more. You've been tuning in so well. Lean in that little bit more. Uh, are you empty enough? If you want God to fill you, you've got to come empty. If you want God to bless you, you can hand it out. Thank you. If you want God to bless you, you've got to come to the table empty. If you want God to help, help you, deliver you, you've got to come to the table empty of yourself. Don't be full of your own ways, full of your own words, full of your own worries. You've got to, hear, hear this, you've got to be empty enough to have a faith experience. You've got to be empty enough to have a Holy Spirit encounter. God is attracted to what's empty, let me tell you. He's attracted to it. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the earth was formless and empty, empty, and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God, I love this phrasing, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Fast forwarding now to chapter 2. Verse 7 of Genesis, God created and He formed the man an empty vessel. He didn't form him full. He was empty. See, He formed him from the, the red earth, the dust of the earth. And He held, as it were, God stepped out of eternity, crossed over into time, took up a scoop of earth and created a man. But the man, the Bible tells us, had no breath in him. And God held him and hovered over him. And to use a, a term in the very purest sense, he kissed the, the soul of man and he became a living being. He didn't form him full. He formed him empty because God actually loves to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. You know, in 2021, Old habits and old thoughts, old ways of thinking, old patterns of thinking, old reactions, old responses, they have a way of dying hard. They can die hard because like anything with life in it, they can fight to stay alive. But there are some things that we need to lose in order to lay hold of the new. This is why John the Baptist said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. You got to lose yourself and you'll find yourself. Lose yourself in the things of God and you'll discover afresh your purpose, your identity, and your destiny. And this brings me to just that time of confession as I've come to accept and believe that just the fact that I'm a loser and no one can or could convince me otherwise because it's just who I am, but I want everyone to know that I'm totally okay with it. In fact, I've never been more okay with being a loser. You see, it started with my old identity, who I used to be and how I used to see and think about myself. I want you to know that I lost that. In fact, I've lost so many old versions of myself that I've also lost count. I'm done. I lost the need to please everyone, measure up to everyone's expectations of those who had never walked in my shoes. It's all deleted. I lost some of my old metrics and definitions of success. Gone. There were times I thought I was losing my mind, but then I realized I was just losing some old patterns of thinking and old mindsets. I've lost my heart a few times because, you know, when you put yourself out there and begin to love, you, you soon experience that love is risky. But, you know, that's always hard. And sometimes that really sucks. 
But uh, each time God restored my heart, it got a little bit stronger, so we're all good. I've lost my way. I don't know how many times I've lost count with that as well. But, you know, where I just didn't know who, who to turn to or where to go. But turns out that in that moment of darkness and despair, I found afresh Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And even as I've been sharing about my life, uh, I've lost time in the last two or three minutes. But at least I've used the time to encourage others. So I haven't really wasted my time. So praise God. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, For whosoever will save their life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose their life for my sake will find it. And so I thank God for that. That His ways are better than my ways. One thing we haven't done yet, which is a, a weekly practice here at Gateway, is we like to receive our tithes and our offerings. And I just want to say to all of those who are visiting with us for the first time, uh, even online, uh, you can just allow the containers just to go right on by if that's what you would like to do. There's no pressure or obligation here today or ever. Whatever people do, they must do what they want to do because they believe in doing it. But there's a great passage in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, as we just uh, ask our stewards to get ready. I would also ask our guests uh, to, if you wouldn't mind placing your guest slip, filling that out, placing it in the offering containers when they come around. That just simply enables us to better serve you. And so hear this, because it's in line with the whole spirit of this message. Uh, in Malachi, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What I'm about to say is risky because I, I risk being judged. Okay, now I know that. I'm aware of that. But I just want to encourage everyone <laughs> just to rethink, reprioritize your finances this year. Okay, because I really do believe we can all give something. Uh, everyone is tithing somewhere. It's just not necessarily into the kingdom. It's not just necessarily into eternity because there's a double portion blessing and you'll find these, these uh, ties and offerings, envelopes uh, on your, your, uh, your seat. These are actually new and we've got a passage on the back and up the back there you'll also see the accounts for uh, giving of your ties, uh, a building, uh, into the building fund. Uh, I wonder, I don't know, I don't know, this is not prophetic, I wonder if God we might, I wonder if we might turn over soil this year for our own building. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility, is it? Like it's possible because Jesus said all things are possible. There's nothing in the pipeline. But maybe there's someone out there who just wants to give you sitting on like a gold nugget. <laughs> you know, like the, the golden egg that the goose laid. I don't know. You're sitting on something and you're just thinking, what do I do with this? Uh, maybe you could think about praying giving it to the building fund so that we can leave a legacy for the generations. Uh, but there's also an account there for missions. And so I encourage you to at least by faith, take it home. Don't just leave it there. Take it home. Pray about it. Maybe you could give 0.01% of your income. I don't know. Something that would just contribute and help because we're better together. That there might be food on my table, in my house, test me in this, says the Lord uh, Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be enough room to store it all. I like that promise, but there's a condition. I got to sort of, can I use it this term, at times empty my wallet 
so that God would fill it because he loves to fill empty things. So let's receive our offering. God bless you. Don't forget me. As we begin to prepare now, as we begin to prepare uh, for communion, you know, another, another um, accessory that we find on the table are plates. Plates, right? And, um, but I want to share with you today what God likes to do with our sins. When we humble ourselves and come before God as an empty vessel, perhaps all we have to offer God as we draw near to Him today is a past that we're not proud of. I just want you to know that God's not interested in your history. He's interested in what you do today and your destiny. But perhaps that's all we've got to offer Him. There's a beautiful old song that I used to sing when I first came to know uh, Jesus back in you know, uh, the late 80s. And it's a, it's a worship song. It might be a hymn, I don't know. But it says, the words of the song, and I'll always remember it, it says, something beautiful, something good, all my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. And that's all we really, what can we offer a God who's pure, and holy, exalted far above everything else. It's almost like, what do you get for the person at Christmas that has everything? Well, there's only one thing that Jesus wants, and it's you, because you're all he wants. You're like one of a kind. There's never been one like you. Brother, I'm looking at you. Put your hand up. Yeah, I'm looking at you. There's never been one like you. There'll never be another like you again. And so for us, it's an honor to have you in our service today. You're not just anyone, you're someone. And God's hand is upon your life and God has a great purpose for your life. He loves you so much. He loves us so much. So that's why we've got to humble ourselves. But when we come before Him, and I'll invite you to stand in a moment. I'm going to pray. It's going to be really powerful. When we pray in a moment, because we're coming to a close real soon. In Isaiah chapter 38, verse 17b, it says, Isaiah said, the prophet, he said, But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Have you ever, you know, needed to apologize to someone? And you're very nervous about it. You think you're not sure. You know that you need to apologize. You know you've done the wrong thing. But you're really not sure how they're going to respond. So you come to them very humble-like, almost broken, quite tentative. And you apologize for the thing that you've done because you know that you've offended them. And it's like they just forget about the offense. And they just extend their arms to you. And they just say, come here. I just want to hug you. And that's exactly what God does for us. When we come before Him, I want you, Tony, to come. Notice how I chose the biggest sinner in the building. <laughs> it's so not true. It's only a joke because we're all sinners. Come and stand over there. Now, you're going to, we're going to stand over there. Now, yeah, okay. Now turn around. Because see, in 2021, I'd love to build a, uh, a drama team. 
Anyone out there good at drama, creative arts, skits, things like that? I'd love a bit of role play this year, so I've already had some people come and see me. Wow, 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 that's good. So a little bit of drama right now. Tony's very apologetic, so he's uh, just uh, he's like a, a servant of the Lord. I'm God, right? So he comes before, he comes to me now. He's very, he's very humble. Look, so you can tell by his posture, his head's down. Can't even look up. And I say, look up, because I want to look at you. I want you to see me. And he gives me his sins, because that's all he's got to offer. I'm not interested in his bank account. Not interested in his motorbike, especially now, but that's another story, um, <laughs> which we won't go into right now. <laughs> okay, praise God, you're all good. So he gives me his sins. I'm God. Based on what the prophet Isaiah said, he casts all of his sins behind his back. He's like, what? God's like, what? You're back. And we call that reconciliation. And we're good. I'm not focused on what's behind him. I'm focused on what's before him. God bless you, Tony. I must run into the table. I'd like now to invite everyone to stand. We're going to get to the business end. Point number one today, the Lord's communion table. Thank you so much. The Lord's communion table reminds us, number one, to look within. Number two, to look back, to remember what he's done. And number three, to look ahead because he's coming again. This is the power of the table. Now, what I want to do, I want to pray for you. And what's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit's going to hover over you. Holy Spirit's already hovering. But remember, he loves to fill that which is empty. Then I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Okay? So I just want you to relax and be blessed because God loves you just the way you are. You could, even if you wanted to sit down, I'm inviting you to stand. But even if you want, it doesn't matter. God loves you no matter what. Okay. So Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, we thank you that you love us so much. And we're in awe. And I trust that uh, each one of us have had ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. And uh, Lord, you know that I like a little bit of humor and I was posting certain pictures to certain people saying, Happy New Ear, which was a picture, Jesus, of you restoring the uh, the ear to Peter that was cut off. But Lord, I do pray that we would all have new ears to hear this year. And so God, I just thank you now that you, you are attracted to that which is empty, that which is surrendered, that which desires to lose itself in order to find themselves in you. So Holy Spirit, come now and just as you hovered over the earth and over that which is formless and empty and just as you held the uh, the soulless man in Adam before you breathed into his lungs I thank you that you are hovering over every life right now equipping encouraging and empowering them for the the most powerful uh, year of everyone's life in Jesus name Lord as we begin this first service for the year I declare prosperity of mind of heart of body, Lord God, of finances, Lord. I thank you that you will bless and prosper everyone on site and online in Jesus' name. I even thank you in this moment and pray for those who are sick in their body. Perhaps they're struggling even upstairs, Lord, in their minds. I thank you for a resetting of the table this year. I thank you for a resetting of the mind right here, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I just humble myself before you because I know who I am. 
and who I'm not. And Lord, I just thank you for this moment and for this opportunity. And I just thank you for your blessing right here, right now upon each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.